0: Welcome to the FBCLB podcast, where you'll find the preaching of Dave Delaney, pastor of the First Baptist Church of Long Beach. Thanks for listening. Psalms 100 this evening, and let's stand together out of respect for the reading of God's Word. We're going to zero in on one particular verse, verse number two, but we're going to read all the chapter together for our scripture reading. It's just five verses, so don't worry. We can make it through it. I promise, All right. So Psalms 100, and we're going to begin in verse number 1. And would you read with me? Can we do this together tonight? Let's read together. Psalms 100 and verse number 1. Let's read. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness, Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him, and bless his name. For the Lord is good, and his mercy is everlasting. And his truth endureth to all generations. I want to look at this phrase of verse number two. Serve the Lord with grumpiness. Is that what it says? No, if your Bible says that, you got the wrong one, okay? I want to look at the phrase, verse number two. Serve the Lord with with gladness. Serving the Lord is important. How many of you agree? Serving the Lord is what we should do. But that's not all that we should do. No, we should serve the Lord, but we should serve the Lord with something, in particular our spirit, or our attitude, our demeanor, something about our disposition. Serve the Lord... With an attitude or disposition or spirit of gladness, be glad you get to serve the Lord. That's what the psalmist is saying. Be glad that you get to serve the Lord while you are serving the Lord. Be glad. Now Joshua said in Joshua chapter twenty-four, verse number fifteen: "As for me and my house." We will, do you remember that? Serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So I want to take a little bit of time this, this evening and talk about this idea. What does it mean to serve the Lord? But more than that, what does it mean to serve the Lord with gladness? Our Heavenly Father, I pray that you would teach us great and wonderful things out of your word. Father, our time together this evening has already been profitable. It's already been beneficial. Our hearts were blessed by way of song, by way of prayers being offered up to you, by knowing that you are a God who hears and answers our prayers. Father, we've already been blessed this evening, but I pray that you would take these next few moments, take your word, and apply it to our hearts. And in your son's name we pray. And all the church said together, Amen. Thank you for standing. May be seated. What does it mean to serve the Lord? And what does it mean to serve the Lord with gladness? Two two questions we're going to try to answer. Two questions we're going to answer in three points, Lord willing. Okay? So, what does it mean to serve the Lord? And more than that, what does it mean? To serve the Lord with gladness. I think it's at least three things. Write this first one down. To serve the Lord with gladness means to obey God in all that He says in a way that makes God look valuable. To obey God in all that He says in a way that makes God Look valuable. That you and I as believers should strive to be obedient unto God. In particular, be obedient unto God in everything that God says in His Word. We should obey God. We should have a spirit of obedience toward God. Obedience is not something that only the little children need to do. How many parents in the room teach their children to obey? Let me see. Raise your hand. Let me see. Okay. We should all be teaching our children to obey. O-B-E-D-I-E-N-C. How many of you remember that song? You make your kids sing it, right? And you don't know how to spell a letter, so you just go at the end of it, right? Obedience is something we teach our children. We expect it from our children. In fact, when our children disobey us, we, we, uh, we discipline them accordingly. For what? For having disobeyed. You disobeyed. This is, the, this is the consequence for your disobedience. We expect obedience from our children. And as the children of God, God our Father expects obedience from you and from me. We live in a world where obedience, especially in, in a, maybe a, a Christian understanding, it can be viewed as a dirty Oh, well, you can't, you can't talk about obedience, Pastor. You can, you can only talk about mercy and, and grace and, and love. Enough about obedience. Let's get back to this idea of love. But what did Jesus say about those who love Him? That if we truly loved Him, then we would do all that and commands us to do. Those who love me, they keep, remember that? They keep my commandments. That's That's an understanding of those who love me. Jesus says, the people who will be identified as having loved God or as loving God are those who are obedient to God. Simply because we strive to be obedient to God does not mean that we are trying to earn salvation from God. We believe that salvation is by grace, through faith, in Christ alone. We didn't do anything to earn our salvation. We can't do anything to keep our salvation. We didn't do anything to lose our salvation. Salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. But because we are saved, we should strive to be obedient to the God who loves us, showed grace and mercy to us, and we should strive to obey all that He tells us to do. Our obedience can be truly good without being perfectly good. How many remember our Galatians study from a couple months ago? Galatians chapter 5. This was the idea that we talked about. Our obedience, it can be truly good even though our obedience isn't perfectly good. The, The mode of our obedience is never flawless. It's it's never perfect. But even though the mode is never flawless, it does not mean that the thing being done is, it is now imperfect. No, it can still be a good thing to obey God, even if when we obey God, there are times where we have a wrong spirit or we're doing it grumpy or cranky. We should still strive to obey the Lord in all that God says to give you an example. My, especially when my kids were little, we have four, so the best way we could get out of church on Sunday evenings or Wednesday evenings is for Amanda to take two kids and for me to take two kids. Generally, the two kids that came with me, I swing by my office, I grab all my belongings, I put them in my bag and throw them on my shoulder and make my way out. And if you've been in my office, you know this to be true, there's candy on every shelf. I bribe people to come to the pastor's office, right? My kids wanted to come with me. Why? Because they know there's candy everywhere in the pastor's office. And so, when they start taking candy. They're putting candy in their pockets. They're loading up. And I go, okay, let's go. And we, we make our way out to the soccer mom vehicle. And now I have two kids with pockets full of candy. And I have two kids with no candy at all. How many parents in the room know this is a recipe for disaster, Right? Let me have a piece of candy. No, I'm the one that got it. No, 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 just one piece. No, if you wanted it, you should have came with dad. No, I got, I got, I'm not sharing any of my kids. Let me have one. No, you have one. No, you have one. No, you have seven. Let me have just one, right? So driving the car, I finally get exasperated. And I say, please, would you, would you please share one piece of candy with your sister? Begrudgingly they reach the pocket, take out the candy, give it to the sister, and now all the fighting and bickering is stopped, right? For just a moment. How many of you know he might have had a bad attitude when he was sharing the candy, but in that particular moment, I was just glad he obeyed. I didn't go. Now, did you give her that piece of candy with a good attitude? No, I just wanted her to. I just wanted him to give her a piece of candy. That's it, right? And that was enough. That was an that obedient work. That good work was delightful. Look at me. It was pleasing to Dad that he or she obeyed, even though it took much prompting to get them to obey. How many of you understand what I mean? Our good works, our obedience, it can be truly good even if it is not perfectly good. Our good works, our obedience, it can be truly good, even if it's not perfectly good. And one of the ways that we serve the Lord with gladness is by striving to be obedient to God in a way that causes God to look valuable. It, it, it reveals His worth. Where well, He's God. That was Dad who told me to do this, and now He's given me this candy, and I don't want Him to withhold candy from me next week right because that's what happens if you don't share the candy you're not getting any next week right the same thing happens in our relationship with god our obedience to god can be truly good without being perfectly good we can and should strive to serve god in a way or in the way of being obedient to him yes It will be flawed and yes it will not be perfect and yes we will need to repent and yes we will face temptation and yes we will need forgiveness but we can still be obedient while we do it. So all of these other things while you're not perfect and nobody's perfect and who here is perfect and even all all of our righteousness it's like filthy rags so why even try? Well we should still try because it's to the heart of God that his children would be obedient to him. And this is one of the ways that we serve the Lord and we serve the Lord with gladness. Number two, we serve the Lord with gladness by, by being obedient to all that he says in a way that makes him look valuable. Number two, we serve the Lord with gladness by being faithful to all that he says in a way that makes him look worthy. We serve the Lord with gladness by being obedient. It makes Him look valuable. We serve the Lord with gladness by being faithful. Because when we are faithful, we reveal His worth. We demonstrate to a lost world all around us just who our God is. Look look at verse number 2 of Psalms chapter 100. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. And then know ye that the Lord, he is God. You see the order? When we serve the Lord and when we come before the Lord, we are faithful in the presence of the Lord. Well, then what do we come to know? We come then to know that the Lord, he is God. But we should strive then. I know who I'm talking to. I'm talking to the Wednesday night crowd on a rainy Wednesday night in Southern California. It's Armageddon. It's, like it's been raining for three days. Pastor can't make it to church tonight. It's been raining for three days. Well, okay. We'll, we'll miss you, <laughs> okay? You'll be okay. I promise you won't melt. I think uh, you won't. You'll make it. It'll just take a little bit longer than normal. I know who I'm talking to, but hear me on this. We should strive to be faithful to the Lord. To the Lord's word, to the Lord's house, because in doing so we cause Him to be and look worthy of our worship. You see, watch. Sometimes here's the argument. Well, you know, I would come to church and I'd be faithful to church, but you know, I, I mean, I have to serve people in my neighborhood too, and I, I'm not going to make it to church this weekend because we're going to go down and we're going to serve meals to the needy. Serving is great. But we do not only come to church to get. It's certainly true. While we're at church, we get. You no, know, we get we get blessed. We we hear the preaching. We hear the singing. We get encouraged. This is true. All of these things happen while we're at church. But that's not the only reason we come to church. Is it? We come to church. Why? Because the Lord asked us to be faithful to church. You know, well, where's that, in the, where's that in the Bible? God never says you have to be faithful to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. That's not, Wednesday night's not in the Bible, Pastor. No, it's worse than that. It's far worse than just three times a week. Here's what it says. Do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, but so much the more as you see the day approaching. So here's here's the instruction. When the church assembles Sunday, Sunday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, Monday night. When the church assembles, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some of But worse than that. But get together more and more as you look at the landscape of the culture and you realize that the end is getting closer and closer. And how many of you agree with me? Jesus could come any moment right now. How many would be okay if he came any moment right now? How many of you think he is coming because it's raining? He has to be coming, right? No, you see, what he says is, as you look around the world and go, man, I really feel like Jesus is coming back soon, then he says we should be getting together more often. But this is the instruction. Whenever the church that you are a member of gets together, you should be there. That's what he's saying. Why? Why? I mean, I'm going to take time. I'm going to do this other community stuff. Because we Don't come to church only because we get something. We come to church as a way of being obedient to the Lord, but also as a way of demonstrating our worship to God, which means if the church meets on Sunday and Monday and Tuesday, how many of you were like me? You were, you were taken, you were drugged to church. Whenever the church was there, whenever they were open, you were going. Let me see. That's how my family was. Man, Sunday morning, I was in church. Sunday school, I was in church. Sunday night, I was in church. Choir practice, I was in church. Wednesday night. I was in church. All, this is my entire growing up. I'm just thankful we didn't have church any other time. Otherwise, we would have been there. And that this is what the Lord asks. And he asks for it in a way where he says, getting together to worship, to sing, to pray, to come into my presence with other believers and sing praises and read and study my word and grow together is a way that makes me look valuable to the lost world looking in on you. What? You're going to church again? Yeah. Getting together as a church does m- several things. Church membership is so beneficial, most of us overlook it. It's beneficial for multiple reasons. Number one, it's beneficial for encouragement. It's beneficial for encouragement. It's beneficial because of the time we get together. We hear singing. We listen to men in our church pray. We listen to others around us pray. We pray with a brother or sister. It's beneficial because it's encouraging. It's beneficial because it's edifying. We get together. We open God's word. We look at God's word, and we learn something from God's word. Beneficial because it's encouraging, it's edifying. It's, listen, it's beneficial because it creates accountability. How was your week? What are you doing next week? Where did you go last week? It's beneficial because, hey, I missed you. Where were you the last two weeks? Why weren't you here? Well, somebody's checking up on me. Somebody's asking It's beneficial for multiple, that's three, and you could come up with 13 other reasons why it is beneficial for us to gather together as a church and then for us to actually be there when the church gets together. Being a part of a church environment and being faithful to that church culture and context makes a statement that I am committed to a group of people more than I am committed to what I want to do. I'm more committed to this group of brothers and sisters who are all so different from me and loving them and encouraging them and edifying them and speaking life into them and holding them accountable and praying for them and singing with them and praising the Lord with them and worshiping our God with them than I am to just commit it, than I am committed to just doing my own thing my own way. And serve the Lord with gladness by being faithful. Serve the Lord with gladness by being obedient. Number three, last one. Serve the Lord with gladness by submitting to him in a way. Submitting to him in a way that makes him look thrilling, not threatening. There's a way to submit to God that only makes God look threatening. Not that makes God look thrilling, There are ways to do what God says that makes God look like a tyrant, not like a treasure. The kind of service that God asks from you and asks from me is the kind of service that makes God look good. Not that makes our God look grumpy like he's got this long list of stuff we got to do. Listen to it. Acts chapter seventeen verse number twenty five. Neither Jesus is Paul is talking. Paul is talking about how the Lord is worshipped. He says neither is worshipped with men's hands. Then listen to this phrase: as though He needed anything. Seeing He giveth life and breath to all things. We won't come in to worship God as if God needs something from us. God doesn't need anything from us. God has no deficiencies. How many of you know that? God isn't isn't lacking in any way. God God isn't isn't needing some attention now. That's That's not God, right? He's not God if he has any deficiencies. God has no deficiencies. He's fully capable and able all alone. So worshiping God, coming in to worship God, we don't come in to worship God and go, okay God, you're lucky I showed up today. Like God needs us to show up. No, no, no. Coming in to worship the Lord comes in to worship the Lord in a way where we understand God doesn't need anything from us, but God invites us into this so that we can worship and serve him. And this isn't threatening us and get angry and hit us with lightning bolts if we miss. No, man, God, God is pleased when we're there. Listen to it in Mark chapter 10, verse 45. The Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom. Jesus came not so he could get. Jesus came in order to give. And in what way did he give? He gave us the ultimate gift of them all. The gift of eternal life. Through his sacrificial death on the cross. He gave us the greatest gift of them all. And Jesus didn't come to get. And Jesus came to, Jesus came to give. I think both of those texts along with Psalms 100 in line with Joshua It puts all the emphasis on God's giving to us in order that we can serve Him. God giving us all life, all breath, all things. God isn't in need of anything. God giving you gifts in order for you to use those gifts to serve Him in a context that's larger than yourself. It's greater than just you and yours. It's serving someone else in a way that there's no, uh, there's no benefit back. This is, what, this is what James says. James says pure religion and undefiled before God is this. Love the fatherless and the widows. Like, you, you wrap your mind around the context? The category of people that he identifies for us to serve are people who cannot give us anything in return. It's easy to love the lovely. It's easy to serve people who can serve you. It's easy to like the popular kid. It's easy to befriend the friendly. That's simple. That's easy to do. But pure religion undefiled before God is this. Take all the life and all the breath and all the gifts and all these things and serve. Serve someone who can't give anything back to you, and serve them in a way that causes God to look thrilling, that causes God to be uh, that, that causes God to be pleased, that that causes our faithfulness to look God that causes that our faithfulness causes God to look worthy of the work and the spending and the energy of our lives. All of that to get to this anniversary sunday is coming between now and anniversary sunday we celebrate 125 years as a church you know what i love most about celebrating 125 years what i love most about it no one can take the credit for that if some of you are really close to 125 years old but not, but you're not there So uh, celebrating 125 years is doing this. This isn't about us. This isn't what I did. This is what you did. This is what we did. This is what the Lord did in spite of us. This is the Lord saying, the church belongs to me. It's mine. I bought it with my blood. I'm sanctifying it to myself. I'm preparing it like a bride for the day that I step out onto the cloud and call it home to be with me. The church belongs to me. That's what I love most about this 125. But in between now and 125, we have family worship nights in a couple weeks. It's going to be a great, great time together. I'm really excited. I think I'm going to talk about how we make generational impact. I think that's what I'm going to spend my time on that week. How we live our lives in a way that far exceeds the, the 75 years we get in this life. I don't know about you, but I don't want my life to matter for 75 years. I want my life to matter for 750 million years, don't you? So, how do we live our lives? I want to spend time. This is going to be great. We're already working on all kinds of resources available for that. Already writing the sermons and all that. I think it's going to be a great time. We also have Easter. We were spending time today working on Easter, planning strategizing, looking at ideas, videos, music, songs, all kinds of decoration. Easter's coming. Easter's one of the biggest events we do. We're going to do five services on Easter weekend. What? You can make it, I promise. Do five services on Easter weekend, starting on Friday, we're going to have a Saturday service where we do a local outreach for our, for our bus routes, our junior churches, our children. We'll do something really special on that afternoon, That Lord willing, on that afternoon for, for them. And then we're going to go three services on Sunday morning. I don't remember the times exactly, but, but we'll announce them to you later. I think, I think 8, 30, 10, and then 12. It, it's going to be an amazing day. Easter is between there. Family worship nights between there. Between now and Anniversary Sunday. But Anniversary Sunday is coming. And I want Anniversary Sunday to be a celebration not of you and me, not of us. I want Anniversary Sunday to be a celebration of what God has done in us, through us, with us, and in spite of us. Because how many of you know if we could have messed this thing up, we would have messed it up, right? Nobody knows that? Well, let me help you understand it, okay? So there's there's a couple ways you can be a part. Talking about the idea of serving the Lord. The Lord has given you unique gifts, unique abilities. Some of you get super passionate about some things, and we want you to help us. Right? So, so I'm going to go down a list of things that we need help on. We have in the back, Brother Juan, after the service, will be at these tables in the back, on both these tables on either side. We have sign-up sheets, and I want you to sign up. I want you to say, hey, I want to be a part of that. The next two weeks, we'll take all those that sign up from this list. We'll have individual meetings about how can we do this. I want you to speak. To it. Some of you have got some great ideas and I want to hear them. I want to know what you feel like we ought to be accomplishing with this weekend. But, but, but here are some of the things we need help on. We need help in, in and with our music. I have this really crazy idea that I want to give as a free gift on anniversary Sunday a, a, copy, a music CD, but not just any music, specifically First Baptist Church music. So we're already working on a list of songs that I want us to sing that I want us to record, and then that I want to give out to all those that are in attendance on that day. How many of you think that'd be pretty bomb, right? How many of you know we sing some great songs at our church, right? I, every time I hear a song, I always I just want to repeat that thing. I just want to keep listening to it. So we want to put six, eight, ten, we're not for sure how many. We're going to put them onto a CD, and we want to give them out for free. And some of you are great with recording ideas. Some of, you, some of you have some great song ideas. Some of you have amazing singing potential. We need your help. So there's a sheet in the back. says music across the top. And if you want to help us accomplish what we want to get done on that day, I want you to sign up. We want to invite all of our former staff members, no matter where they are, no matter what they're doing, we want to invite our former staff members to be back with us that day. Okay, so a couple weeks from now, we're going to have a meeting, take a Sunday night, whoever can help us, probably need some of the folks who have been here a little bit longer than others, building a list of former staff members who used to be here. We want to send them a letter. We want to tell them what we're celebrating. We want to invite them to be our guest. We're going to use two guests in particular that weekend to preach and teach to us. We're going to use Pastor Jones and we're going to use Pastor Wilkerson. Both of those men are already signed up and lined up, ready to be here for us. They're going to be preaching. They're going to be doing all the teaching. It's going to be difficult for me to sit on my hands, but I'm going to try my best. Maybe I'll just jump up at the invitation. Just start preaching after them. I'm not for sure, but don't count it out. They're going to do all the preaching and teaching for us. But just because those are the men doing the preaching and teaching for us, those are not the only who have ever served us. So we want to invite those back who have been a part of our ministry, who have been impactful, who have been helpful. We want to invite them to be with us. We want to give them a plaque or give them a certificate, hand their wife some flowers, something to that nature. We want to be a part of that. So, so some of you, you, you know all the teachers we ever had at the school. You know all the secretaries, whoever secretaried. I just made it a verb. Here. And we, we want to invite them. We don't want to leave anybody out. How many of you know somebody will get their feelings really hurt on something like this? Oh, they invited everybody? Well, they didn't invite me, right? And then we get some post, you know. So we, we want to be careful that we cover everybody and get everybody a letter. I don't want you to invite them. We'll invite them. I just want you to help me get up the list. Everybody understand that one? All right, good. So maybe you say, I... I've been around for a while. I know a lot of the folks that used to be here. I know where they're all serving in different areas. I understand they can't all make it back. We can't pay for them all to make it back. We're not going to. But the few special guests that we want to be here with us that weekend, we can get them back. And so that's what we're going to do. There's a sheet in the back. Help us contact former staff. We also need those who help us be greeters on that weekend. We're going to go Friday night, Lord willing, with a banquet. We're going to go Saturday night night with a regular uh, evening service. We're going to go Sunday morning, two different times on Sunday morning, and then Sunday afternoon, evening-ish, we're going to do our service celebration. That's when we'll seal up the the time capsule and those things. Some of you, because we'll have guests here, some of you would love to host our guests, maybe at your house. Maybe you'd love to take them out to eat. Maybe you want a, a special weekend. They'll be here with us for what would eventually be four, three or four days, some of them. So maybe you like to take what I'm about to eat. I don't want to have to sit with them at all those meals, okay? And maybe you'd like to do that. In the back, host one of our special guests meal, right? So we can, we can plan their itinerary accordingly. We can make sure that you're not secretly angry at them and going to, like, poison their food, right? And we'll get them to your place. That way they can have a nice meal with you. How many of you would like to have a nice meal with Brother Wilkerson or Brother Jones? Let me see. Slip your hand up. Okay. Sign up in the back. On Friday night, we're going to do a banquet. We're going to do a banquet downstairs. I gave the guys the task of taking the downstairs and turning it into not a church cafeteria, not a church kitchen, but a church banquet hall. How many of you know that's a difficult task, right? It's a beautiful area downstairs. We're going to get all the chandeliers out. We're going to hang them all up. We're gonna, we need your, need your help to decorate. Some of you have great ideas for catering food. Some of you know caterers. I I need you to sign up. Sign up and help us do it. Otherwise, you're left with me, and I'm ordering pizza times two. That's what I'm getting, Okay, Pizza times two, some buffalo wings, Pop-Tarts as the dessert, Okay, So if you don't want to eat that, then help us come up with a menu. Give us some ideas. Give us some leads on how to be a part of that. We need help with decorations. We've gone through all kinds of old files. Man, we have files going back for forever. It's, it's really kind of amazing. We have files going back forever and going through these files, finding these historic photos. We want to take these historic photos and we want to blow them up to about yay big. And then we want to line them all the way down our hallway leading up that month so we can all enjoy seeing in photos the journey that the Lord has taken our church on. How many you think that would be pretty neat to see, right? The, the first bulletin, the first Baptist beacon, or whatever it was called, right? We don't have all those photos. Maybe we even have a photo of you. We're going to sneak in there. When some of you used to have a little more hair. You never know what photo will sneak in there. You might want to be a part of the decoration team. We need somebody to help us hang them. We need somebody to help us put them up. So there's a, there's a sheet in the back. Decorations. How can you be part? How can I help? There's one, another, another element. A lot of our media production. Did I just lose my volume? Give me the handheld, machine. Brother Derek has been working with Brother Vargo on telling our story. Our story hasn't, our, our church story hasn't been updated since maybe 20, 25 years ago. I think the last time we really went through and updated our church story. So we've been working very, very diligently on updating our story. We want to put what is the equivalent, basically, of a church yearbook together. And then we have the idea of of putting this yearbook in a digital format. So you can go download the yearbook. It'll be on our website. You can download it. You can read our history. You can find about, you know, who did what, when, where, why did this building get built? Why did we do, why did we make these moves? All these sorts of kind of neat little things in the story. But that story of church buildings and pastors, that's just one side of it. The the story of First Baptist is not the story of what building we were in, what time, and what pastor we had at what moment. That's not the story. The the, the great story of First Baptist is the work that Jesus has done in the hearts of the people of First Baptist. I'm a mouthpiece, that's all I am. I'm I'm, I'm not First Baptist, the people are First Baptist. What makes First Baptist so special? Not me. Us. Go, our stories. So we want to know your story. We have this little handout. Is it in the back? Are the ushers have it? We have this little handout. It's a little questionnaire survey. It has four questions on it. We have four questions, simply read. Tell us about the first time that you walked into First Baptist Church. What was your initial reaction? What was the most memorable moment from that day? Good or bad, good or bad. Wasn't my first time, but it was really close to my first time. Some of you will remember this. When the fella came right down the middle of the aisle right here, he stood right here next to me and while the choir was singing, he was shooting imaginary arrows into the choir. How many of you remember that guy? And then he was doing these little heart signs. I think that was like week number two that I was here. Or when the fellow walked in with the bird on his shoulder. Remember that fella, right? No, well, okay. Uh, Brother Michael, get rid of the bird, okay? Uh, Can we get some security up in the front? This guy is shooting imaginary arrows at people, right? And I don't want him to turn that thing on me, okay? So we want to know the story. It It helps us tell our story, right? So we want to know from you. Tell us about the first time you walked in here. Tell us about when you accepted Jesus as your Savior. Where were you? What were you doing? Where were you at? What point in your life were you? I want to hear that story. I want to know about it. Number three, what area of ministry do you currently serve in at First Baptist, and what area of ministry are you most passionate about? Pretty easy answers. Number four, tell us about your journey with Christ. And here's what we're asking. What are some God moments that you've experienced in your time being saved? What are those moments that you look back to in your life that you go, "That, that was one of those moments where I believe God intervened in my life, whether it was healed me from this or fired me from that job, or relocated me to this area, or introduced me to this person? What are those God moments in your life? You say, well, pastor, how does that help us? Well, what we're going to do that weekend is we're going to take different segments of our weekend, and we want to show one, two, three minute videos of the people in our church, and how that the Lord ultimately brought their heart to him through and in First Baptist Church. We can think of a lot of stories, and there's a handful of folks that we already plan on contacting. But we, but we want to know yours. We want to tell your story. And here's what we believe. you we say, well, Pastor, my story doesn't mean anything to anybody. Yeah, but, but you never know that. You never know how God might use your exact story or journey to be an encouragement to somebody else who's sitting with us on that weekend. So we want to hear about it. It's, it's some, some of us have some really dark stuff. I get it. But the Lord brought you through that, sustained you in that, and is getting all the glory and all the credit from your life now because of that. And that is the kind of thing we want to celebrate on that weekend. It's going to be an amazing weekend. It's going to be a great weekend. This is a fraction of the things that we're already planning for that day. And I don't want you to miss out on one thing. And I want you to be a part of every bit of it. So one of the ways that we get to be in all that's happening is by beginning with the spirit that says I want to serve the Lord with gladness. I want the Lord to be I want the Lord to look valuable in my life. I want to prove him to be worthy with the worship that I give to him by being faithful. And I want to show him as a thrilling, exciting God. Not as an angry, grumpy tyrant. Now, will we serve the Lord, and will we serve him with gladness? Normally at the invitation, what we do is we ask you to come forward. Now, this invitation is different. I'm going to ask you to go backwards. The sign-up sheets are in the back. All right? so the call to action, the call to action is this. You said, Pastor, okay, I get all that. Now, now, what do I need to What should I do because of it? Here's what you need to do. You need to find that area on that slip in the back you need to sign up put your name put a contact information so we can get a hold of you in the in the weeks to come so we can make sure that you get to be a part of exactly what we're doing some of you sitting here right now and your mind is going a thousand miles per hour and you're like you know what would be amazing that weekend what would be amazing that weekend is fill in the blank we want to hear those ideas I want to know him. And if we can do it, we will. Now, if it's just a bad idea, I'll make Michael tell you that we can't do it, okay? I'll just be like, that's a neat idea. Ask for Michael, (laughs) right? If we can get it plugged in that weekend, and if it helps us toward what we believe the Lord is calling us to do on that day, we want you to be a part of it. Look here, look here. Over and over in the Bible, the Bible talks about the church not as one person. The church is a body. The church doesn't belong to me. Somebody said, oh, you're the pastor of the church. That means you own it? No, I'm not taking any blame for that. The church doesn't belong to me. I get, I get one part. I get to be the mouth. I get to do all the talking. And I'm not giving that job to any, anyone else. Okay, it's my job. You don't get to have it. But all of us get to have a part. All of us, look here, all of us should be having a part. This will be what I believe, anniversary Sunday, will be one of the most memorable moments in our church, at least in recent years. And I, I, and I believe the Lord's going to do something very special. I think his spirit's going to show up in a very unique way. So I want you to even right now begin praying for that weekend. Begin praying for the guest that will be preaching for us that weekend. Begin praying for the visitors that we'll invite. Go ahead and even right now, just go anniversary Sunday's coming up, text somebody and say, you've got to be a part of this day. It's going to be amazing. It, this, this, I believe the Lord will use to catapult us, not into 2019, but I'm talking way into 2020, 2021. I think the Lord will use this day. To accomplish great and mighty things and we should look to him in anticipation and expectation of doing just that and I don't want you to miss it I don't want you to miss out not because this isn't because God needs us to do this we already said God doesn't need anything no God has invited us into it we get to be a part of it so how will you be a part. How will you choose to be a part? In particular, how will you choose to be a part of this day?